solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? It's Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, along with Cody Davis. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Locked On Texans Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we hop into the Texans, this week, actually next week, the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast relaunches on September 20th with brand new hosts. Eric Crocker brings you player scouting. Ryan Tracy brings you analytics. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get podcasts. Cody Davis, it's Friday. Let's go ahead and hop into the rundown for the listeners and watchers out there in the world. Actually, we looked at some some numbers and we had somebody listen in Canada. <laughs> hey man, they they have football fans everywhere, which means there's Texans fans everywhere. So I'm not really surprised by that. But as you know, today is Friday, which means we're going to be joined by our brother, our cousin, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Of course, in the second segment, we're going to talk about the season opener winning against the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Brandon get his thoughts. And then we're going to preview and see what are his thoughts with the Houston Texans next game, which is this Sunday in Cleveland as they take on the Cleveland Browns. But, John, and listeners, to get this Friday installment of Locked On Texans kicked off, look, a lot of people, for some odd reason, did not think the Houston Texans would be sitting here at 1-0. We got the dub against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now there's going to be this, this, this challenge, this tough challenge that a lot of people believe that the Cleveland Browns are going to destroy the Houston Texans. And listeners out there, uh, let, let me be honest. I do believe the Texans will fall short in Cleveland, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be as easy as a lot of people might think. And for you guys who heard the crossover edition that we did with Jeff on yesterday, I actually talked about that. I really got this game being close. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I think I have the final score in the ballpark of 24 to 17. But John, I, mean, I went with 28-22 Cleveland. Yeah, so 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 both of us have a very close game. And I think Jeff has a close game as well. But John, when I take a look at this game, this is going to be a statement game for the Houston Texans whether they win or lose, especially if they win. Because if they go out and compete and keep it close with the Cleveland Browns, then the rest of the season is going to showcase that look when you see the Houston Texans on your schedule, this is not a game, i.e. the Detroit Lions or the New York Giants or the New York Jets, where you say, oh, that's going to be an easy W. Every single day I'm talking to these players, I'm talking to members of the coaching staff, especially Coach Cully, and they all talk about blocking out the noise and proving everybody wrong. And, John, when I sit here and I take a look at this game, we all got it close, which means there's going to be a possibility that the Houston Texans could still be in the running when it come late in the fourth quarter. And what's the famous slogan? Any given Sunday, anything can happen. And if there comes a point where the Texans actually upset the Browns and they start 2-0, now you're looking at a whole different scenario where you were saying. But who would have ever thought the possibility of that happened? Look, listeners. That would be funny, right? Man, I'm going to love it. Let me just say I'm going to love it because I'm tired of the disrespect. But what I, but when, when I go back and I take a look at the Houston Texans 2021 season, 
is going to work wonders for this team if they a keeping competitive against Cleveland and b if they do the unthinkable, start off two and zero and beat the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, we were the ones that done this team, the Tank Texans, or the, the team that after, was going to tank. Was- after the fifty three man roster came out. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, when I say we, I don't necessarily mean you and I. I mean the media itself. Like we, we had done Houston uh, throughout the entire offseason in the media to be the tank team. Several of Houston uh, media has said that on Twitter. Uh, national media has also claimed that this team would be the worst team in the league. Would lose every game. Would be tanking for whichever quarterback they think is a franchise quarterback coming out next year's draft. And then we come to week one, you know, we were the only few that chose them to beat Jacksonville. But absolutely right. Throughout the week, we've talked about a couple of things with this team. Number one, we talked about Tim Kelly, his confidence, card plays now that he's out of Bill O'Brien's correctional facility. Um, <laughs> number two, we talked about we talked about how important it was for Cully to go out there and get his first win on his first Sunday as the first-time head coach for the Houston Texans, right? So I think if they go out and get a dub or it comes down to the real wire where it's a couple minutes left and, you know, just a better team won, which I think will be Cleveland, then absolutely right. I I think the trajectory of what this team can be will change a little bit. Right, it takes from three wins to maybe four or five wins. Right, I still don't think they win a lot of games. Let me get that correct and clear. But they're trying their hardest to block out their noise, and it's hard. You turn on the radio, you turn on podcasts, you listen, you walk out the stadium. You may be going to get something to eat, and the fans say, "Hey, man, good to see you. Play for Texas, right? Well, what you guys thinking? Like it's everywhere, and we. When I say we, I mean the media. And fans, some fans completely dismiss their win against Jacksonville. So if they do go out there and get a win against Cleveland, or they do go out there and make it a game to where it's a tough game for Cleveland, then I think people may sit back and say, well, even though they may end up with the worst, one of the worst records in the league, this isn't the team that we thought they were going to be. And the entire offseason, Cody, I can't, I only have heard maybe three or four people, two of which are right now on this show say that they're going to lose a lot of games, but not because they're just so bad. It's just because the teams are that good. And we we both called it early on that we could see this team defensively holding teams a little bit under than what they would want to do. And it'd be a lot of close games, uh, just like last year. And then we said that last year about a team that was, what, 31st defense? Mm-hmm. Then I definitely believe this team can can do a little bit better. Uh, so, you know, I, I just think those players that are hearing all that noise, if they go out there and get a dub, it helps them continue trend upward. And it shuts up the media. And I'm all for that. Shut us up. <laughs> Prove us wrong. I do package. My new package of Bill Barr just came in. My new treat. Trying to lose a, a lot of weight for this wedding, man. And it's been going up and down. And in my household, my fiance and I, uh, we like our certain type of sweets. She loves her sweets. And my personally, what my snack is, is a sandwich. I like a good sandwich. 
but it comes with too many carbs, right? With that bread, a lot of bread. So we tried to find the middle man. Like, what can we get to balance out her sweets, to balance out my carbs? And I tell you guys, Built Bar, I just got a new package. My cookies and cream just came in. If you do not know about all the flavors, which include flavors like double chocolate, salted caramel, mint brownie, and for you coconut lovers, they got the coconut as well. If you haven't chose or like one of the options, if you're like, well, I can try this. I also can try this. Don't forget that Bill Bar has a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. This is why it's important. You got grams, 17 to 18 grams of protein, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. So not only are Bill Bar, so not only are Bill Bar flavors to the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code Locked On for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texas. And of course, you know what it is. We got our guy, our brother, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, what's going on, my man? And welcome back to Locked On Texans. Man, as always, I appreciate y'all for having me. And you know what it is, man. Still coming <clears throat> off of a win, which yes, sir. I do believe was predicted by – I can't remember what your pick was, Cody, but I do believe that it was widely thought of, uh, you mm-hmm. know, at least amongst local media, Houston media, that the Texans had a good chance to win, and they did that. The only thing I was off on, man, I thought it was going to be more of a slugfest. I didn't think it was going to be real high scoring. Exactly. So the Texans was going to win, but they went and showed out a little bit more than I thought they would. So, uh, so yeah, man, like I say, coming off a win, looking forward to what we see in week two. Hmm. And, um, you know, speaking of Sunday's win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, one, what did you think of it? And two, did it kind of like change your outlook for this upcoming season, especially with the offense? Because, you know, going into this game, we all thought that we was going to see a, a boring game with the Texans just running the ball. And next thing you know, we look up and Tyrod Taylor threw for what, 293 yards and Brandon Cooks had like 153 of them. Yeah, so it didn't change my outlook of the season, per se, Mm -hmm. and what the team's potential is, but it definitely changed my outlook about the offense. Like, I I had to eat a lot of crow by the end of the night watching (laughs) this offense operate because I was one of the main guys that was skeptical. I don't even say one of the main guys. I think a lot of us have been skeptical about whether this offense will be able to push the ball downfield. Questions about whether Tyrod Taylor, and not just Tyrod Taylor, but if they had – all the necessary weapons. I mean, outside of Brandon Cooks, I mean, I know Chris Conley's been around for a while. Nico Collins is a rookie. It didn't feel like they necessarily had the weapons or the quarterback to push the ball downfield the way that they did last year. And lo and behold, <laughs> they definitely pushed the ball downfield. So, <laughs> so like that, that is to me is no longer a thing or a criticism about the offense that I can viably use uh, simply because they were able to do it. Now they, they were able to do that because they set it up with the run. And I think that is going to be a theme of the, of the offense. How well mm-hmm. can they run the ball? How will they run the ball? Obviously is going to tell you a lot about the run game, but I think it also is going to have a huge impact on what they're able to do downfield. Cause once, once they were able to do that on that second drive, like the first drive was a wash, right? Three and out Tyrod Taylor almost threw a, a pick on his first, on his first throw. But on that second drive, they get a couple of runs, they bust a couple. And then the next thing you know, the play action, the play fake is in is in is in play, and you're throwing bombs downfield to Brandon Cooks, and 
you're getting the ball to uh to Farrell Brown and he's bouncing off of guys and you know and so the offense looked a lot better than I expected particularly when it comes to getting the ball downfield so I feel better about the the product that we'll be watching I don't feel like we're going to be watching boring football or boring offense for the rest of the season um, but I'm going to have to see a little bit more to feel differently about the team's prospects uh, for the entire season. Mm. How confident are you in Tyrod Taylor after what you saw on Sunday, especially knowing, like I just mentioned, he threw for like 293, 95 yards. And by the way, that was the first time he threw for over 200 yards since 2018 when he was a member of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I gotta give it, I just gotta give him credit. I mean, I can't take anything away from the guy, you know. And I would even point out too, and David Cully did some of this uh in his earlier press conferences in the week when asked about Tyrod and asked about the pass protection and all of that, that he thought that Tyrod maybe wasn't patient enough in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And 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 in particularly, I look at the play, and I posted this on Twitter at Brandon K. Scott. I look at the play where he that that first uh, 50-50 ball that Brandon Cooks goes up to get, right? Mm-hmm. It was really impressive why he, he wins at the point of, uh, you know, at the high point, point of attack there. And look, Tyrod Taylor had a clean pocket. Like, it wasn't the cleanest pocket, but it was a clean pocket and he almost ran into the set. He almost scrambled and stuttered into the uh, into the into the pressure. I can remember the, or I look back and hear the call where uh, the announcer was saying, that he's under pressure. He actually wasn't. He, he was in, he was sort of inviting that pressure, but was still able to step into his throw and make a, you know, and make a hell of a play. So, you know, I feel a lot better, but I already knew he was a good leader already felt like, you know, the, the fumble in the preseason aside, I always felt like he would be good and careful with the ball. He would take care mm-hmm. of the ball. Uh, and, and obviously he's got, you know, supreme athleticism, even, you know, at 30 plus, and he showed that on Sunday. So I already felt good about those things, but as far as him getting the ball downfield and honestly being able to show, you know, glimpses of what he was back when he was a full-time starter in Buffalo, I feel like Texas fans have to feel good about that. At least, at least you got to feel a lot better about it going into week two than you did in week one. Hmm. Yes, sir. You know, speaking of week two, we're going to touch on the game against the Cleveland Browns on the on the, on the third segment. But Brandon, real quick, um, talking about Sunday's win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is there anything you believe that you saw that the Texans can actually sustain moving forward throughout the rest of the season, whether that be the run game, whether that be something you saw on defense or whether it just be the play of Tyrod Taylor? Yeah, I mean, really, more than anything, I would say it would be the defense as a whole, mm-hmm. forcing turnovers, uh, the the defensive line. I do think that the loss of Vincent Taylor is mm-hmm. somewhat significant because he was playing really well in that game, and I think that they expected a lot of him as an interior defense, as a defensive tackle uh, at the nose guard position throughout the season. Now, obviously, they're replacing him with Jaleel Johnson, who was in camp. And knows the system and also look good, by the way, too. Yeah, exactly. Show some signs and and was really one of the one of the guys that was a surprise cut. I know we've discussed that before. So I think he'll be Mm -hmm. able to step right in and it'll be seamless. Uh, It'll be an opportunity as well for guys like Ross Blacklock and Roy Lopez, second year guy and a rookie. Younger players on this team, one of the two of the few young guys that the team is invested in. I think this is an opportunity for, for them to step up and, and to get more snaps and to show more of what they can do. 
But just generally speaking, I think that what the defense is about, what they stand for, I think is sustainable. Now, when they go up against a better offense, against a more experienced quarterback, you know, everybody's not going to beat Trevor Lawrence in his first game. Mm -hmm. So eventually they're going to face some greater challenges than what they did this past Sunday. But I think that's probably the most sustainable thing. On the other side of that, I would say the thing that I really feel like they need to get right, especially if they want to be the team that they told us that they want to be, that they purport themselves to be, they got to get that offensive line figured out. And I think it's just time, hmm. you know, guys miss time, you know, COVID switching positions. They're doing a lot on the offensive line. They're made there is it's musical chairs. It's there's health issues, all of these things going on. I think once they, get a little bit of continuity and get some reps in maybe a couple of games in, you'll start to see a better offensive line. I didn't think that they were terrible necessarily on, on Sunday, but I think it was actually Cully had the quote too about Laramie Tunsil and Laramie Tunsil I thought was fine, hmm. but he said, there's a better Laramie there. And I, I think there's a better offensive line there in general. And so that's, that's one thing that I'm looking forward to seeing how they progress as they, you know, as they gel and as they get more familiar with each other. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all of pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests at BetOnline.ag, they continue to be the number one source for everything football. Ladies and gentlemen, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Um, man, uh, that's all we're shooting to do. I don't know what it'd be like, uh, until I get to that point, you know what I mean? But that's what we're out here to do. We're not rolling over for anybody, you know what I mean? So teams are going to have to come up and play us and they're going to have to see us, you know what I mean? And see what we got. All righty, Texans fans, as Brandon and I continue here on this latest installment of Locked On Texans. As you know, the final segment, we're going to discuss the upcoming game that the Houston Texans have. And look, they have a big challenge coming up on Sunday. But at the same time, this is a team that <laughs> pretty shockingly, they do have an opportunity to start the season 2-0. So, Brandon, I'm going to give my take on what I how I think this game might go. But, Brandon. Do you believe there is a chance that the Houston Texans can actually win this game? And if so, what do you believe the Texans have to do in order to pull off this upset? Yeah, I think that there's always a chance. And I don't want that to be like a cop-out answer, but there is always a chance. I don't think that any team is unbeatable. 
Mm-hmm. And there's enough parity in the NFL to where the worst team in the league can beat the best team in the league. I feel like, you know, in a, you know, in, in a single game and an opportunity like this. So is there a chance? Yes. And again, not another cop out, but honestly, if they play similarly to how they did on Sunday against the Jaguars, mm-hmm. defense playing with his hair on fire, uh, committing to the run, even when it's not necessarily successful, like they had some good runs they had some not so good runs, but the fact that they were committed to it and stayed dedicated to it, I think kept the defense honest and is honestly what opened things up downfield for them. So I, I think that for the Texans in most games, they are going to have to be near perfect. They And I don't think they were near perfect against the Jaguars. I should say more so against the contenders that they play. You know, the, the Browns and the, the Rams of the world and, t- and the Bills of the world, teams like that, they're going to have to be near perfect. Now, they, again, they weren't that against the Jaguars, but they're going to have to be that against the, the Browns. Obviously, not turning the ball over is going to be a huge mm-hmm. thing, which is a huge thing in pretty much every game. But I think when there's a talent discrepancy like this, you obviously can't beat yourself. So I, I definitely give them a chance. Now, do I think they're going to win? No, I'm going to stay with my picks the way I had them throughout the season. I didn't have them beating the Browns before the season and beating Jacksonville at home. Rookie quarterback, first year head coach is not going to be quite enough to get me to say, oh, now they can beat a Browns team that was up 22 to 10 on the Kansas City Chiefs at halftime. Now, I know they let that lead go and the Chiefs ended up coming back, but who do they not come back against? Like who? Who, who has not been a victim of this, That uh, of, of the Chiefs' comeback? The, the Texans certainly have, right? Yes, so, sir. That's what know, got us in this foolishness to begin with. <laughs> right, right. So we know about, about all of that firsthand. And so that was that came as no surprise that, that the Chiefs would, would turn it up a little bit and figure it out. But, yeah, no, I, I think that they got to do, you know, they got to be close to perfect. You know, I know we talk a lot about, the, the the tandem of Miles Garrett and Devian Clowney uh, as as edge rushers, but and and the defense is really good. Like it's a really good. I mean, of course they got Denzel Ward, they got John Johnson. That's that's in his first year there from uh, from the Rams, the safety mm-hmm. there. Like they have really good players. I think it was Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator, Texans offensive coordinator, who said it seemed like you know they have stars across the board or maybe it was maybe it was actually lovey smith the defensive coordinator talking about the offense which i'll get on in a second but both mm-hmm. of them to a man said look it seems like up and down for the most part they got guys that are difference makers that you got to account for that was lovey smith who was talking about the offense saying that it looks like they've got stars all over now i don't know if everybody is a star but they've got really really solid players i mean that offensive line Although banged up, they got quite a few guys that either didn't practice on Wednesday or were still not practicing and or limited by Thursday, which is something to keep an eye out for. You know, how strong, how healthy is that offensive line come Sunday? Uh, but, but man, it's, it's going to be such a challenge. Like, when you look at the talent, you look at these two teams, you know, what's the knock on the Texans? It's like, man, they don't have a lot of talent. You know, it's going to take coaching and execution. Mm-hmm. to really make up for the talent discrepancy. Whereas when you look at the at the Browns and you're like, man, they got dudes on both sides of the ball, you know, Odell Beckham or not, which I, I believe Kevin Stefanski has already ruled Odell Beckham out for this game. Yeah, he has. But uh, but the, but the dude Schwartz, 
believe his name was 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 the guy that stepped in for Odell and had a pretty good game. Obviously, Jarvis Landry does his thing. Baker Mayfield, I think, has grown and progressed as a quarterback. But I mean, the main thing that they do is running between the tackles with those with those uh, with those running backs between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And mm-hmm. so um, I think it's going to be a much different game than it was last year because I don't think weather is going to be as much of a factor. So it won't be that slugfest that it was last year. I think that the quarterbacks will be able to open it up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I get a Texans a, a, a slight chance, um, but I don't see it happening. I also have the Texans a slight chance as well. Um, I do believe the Cleveland Browns are going to win this game. Um, but what I like most about this matchup, I think this is going to be a good measuring stick for the Texans to see how good this team can be. You know, a lot of people, and they still do, are expecting this team to be the worst team in the league. But, and and Brandon, you could attest to this as well. You know, you've been out there just as much as me, being out there, seeing the improved coaches, being out there, looking at the veterans, and, you know, talking to these guys. This is not a team that's tanking. And I think one of, if not the biggest way the Texans can actually pull off this win is if they stop the run. Because with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, look, you mentioned last year, I understand it. Last year was a big reason why the Texans lost the game. I believe they lost like 10 to 7 or 13 to 7. But Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, both of those guys rushed for over 100 yards. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Browns also, you know, their total number was like 220, 230. If anybody is expecting that version of the Texans defense, That is where I would step in and say, even if the Texans still come up short, and I do believe come up short, this is not going to be a blowout like a lot of people are expecting. To that, you say what? Well, I'm just glad that you brought up the run or Mm -hmm. defending the run because they defended the run well against Jacksonville, but Jacksonville Mm -hmm. also did not run the ball very much. You know, they didn't, they weren't committed to it in the beginning, and then they found themselves down early and having to pass more than than they had, you know, earlier in the game. So mm-hmm. for me, this is not only just their first test against a very good team. I mean, it's the second game of the season. The first team that they played was Jacksonville. So it's the first good team that they play. Definitely a measuring stick to see, you know, how good is this team? If they beat if they beat the Browns, and they, and oh, they boy. you know, you're like, you have to totally kind of reconsider, okay, what's going on over there? What exactly is this? If they mm-hmm. play them tight, if they play them tough the way they did a lot of games that they lost last year that were one-score games, if they play them tough and, you know, don't beat themselves, kind of the stuff that I was talking about earlier, you'll also kind of look at them in a different light probably. Mm-hmm. But specifically, though, the point that you mentioned about going up against the run, they were terrible at that last year. Most of their guys up front or, you know, a lot of those guys up front are different guys now. So they have revamped that defensive line and you think that they should be better against the run. But this will be the first test of the the, the truest of tests. I don't know if they'll face a, a, another run game like this, a better run game than this. So I don't think they will either. Exactly. So if you if you are wondering what did the Texans do to address the fact that they couldn't stop the run to save their lives last year? Here's a good measuring stick for that. How good will they be against the run going forward? I, I think this performance is going to show you a lot. 
Hmm. And speaking of this performance, um, you touched on it a little bit. You heard what Justin Reed had to say when I asked him about the possibility of the Texans starting the season off 2-0. Brandon, what would this do for you? Because, I mean, look, I got to ask this question. What would this do for you and just your outlook and the projection of the Texans if they go into Cleveland? This is not going to be held off of 16 and Kirby and you got the crowd behind you. If they go into Cleveland, win that game, and they are 2-0 to start a season where so many people believe that they was going to go 0-17. Yeah, it would just, for one, it would just be the first game that they win that I didn't expect them to. Mm-hmm. And, and I've held out hope, and <laughs> I wouldn't say an expectation, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I picked them to win the four games that I picked them to win, but there's a good chance that they could lose one of those four games. And there's obviously a good chance that they could come in and win one of those, you know, 13 games that I picked them to lose. So it will certainly be the first of that. I want to go back to a point that you mentioned earlier about tanking and how this is not a team that's tanking. You know, players don't tank, not football players anyway. Mm -hmm. You really can't, you know, like maybe you can mail it in on a player or two, but your safety relies on you being out there (laughs) alert. And kind of, you know, giving it your not necessarily giving it your best every play, but I, I just don't I don't think that football players, I don't even feel like they're oriented to tank. Like if you have it in you to go out there and play football, you probably don't have it in in you to not compete and not and to tank. So I so that doesn't surprise me that they're not tanking. I think the biggest surprise is that the team is probably a little bit better than what it was given credit for. I mean, let's be honest. The team didn't really make a lot of sense to us. You know, <laughs> Boy. A, a bunch of guys on one-year, two-year deals from all over the place. Funny enough, about 10 guys, 8 to 10 guys that actually used to play for the Browns. They got a bunch of former Browns on the team. But I digress on that. They just got a, a bunch of guys. And it's like, okay, if all these guys are signing one- to two-year deals with the Texans, <laughs> they're not getting any any uh, better deal than that or – whether mm-hmm. it's years or, or money or just being at a with a better team, if the if these are the players that are settling for playing for the Texans, you know, what what's what is really going on here? So I think that's that's part of why the idea of tanking came about because it's a bunch of dudes that's not gonna be there for the long haul, or theoretically not gonna be there for a long haul whenever this team does have a chance to be good again. So it, it gave off that that I that, that that energy and that idea that they weren't really trying. But they brought in a bunch of dudes that are trying, you know, for whatever that's worth. So, look, I still don't think it's a super talented team, but mm-hmm. it is a veteran team. It's an older team, and they could surprise some people. I mean, a two and zero start. I mean, look, like I said, <laughs> it would, it would, it would definitely raise my eyebrows and have me a lot more interested in watching the home team than like what did I tell you before? I mean, I'm I'm here for the opponents. I'm yeah, here see, I'm here to see the teams that's coming in the NRG Stadium as opposed to the team that plays there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, ha- half the schedule. But this would change things a little bit. I-, I would definitely be a lot more interested in the team, how it's developing, looking at these younger players, especially if there's some of the guys that are contributing. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I just, I-, I think this is a hell of an opportunity for the Texans to change people people's minds because, well, again. You can't do with this game what you did with Jacksonville, which is to say, hmm. 
oh, it's just Jacksonville. Exactly. Or, or when they did it in the preseason against second stringers and third teamers and guys in practice squad guys and guys that's not going to be in the league next year and all that. Oh, it's just the preseason. This would be the first win in the first outcome period, I think, where it would be no excuses, no narrative about hmm. this is why this happened this way and or didn't happen this way. Um, you know, because of the circumstance, you know, it's, it's week two. It's a, it's a, it's a content, a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. John McClain, I'm pretty sure John McClain picked the Cleveland Browns to go to the soup to win the Super Bowl. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. He, he got them winning the entire thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and John McClain basically been in this game since the very beginning. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if he's shooting from, from the hip with that or not, but you know, it just gives you an idea for how much respect the Browns are commanding right now. And so if the Texans go in there and beat them in the, in, you know, at the dog pound, you gotta, you gotta show a little respect. You gotta put a little bit, bit of respect on their name after that. Yes, sir, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio six ten. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Yeah, so I'm at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. I'm at B Scott from Hiram Clark on Instagram, and y'all can also check out the B Block podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And uh, in Sports Radio 610 as well, most of the social media activity that you see from Sports Radio 610 is either something that I'm doing or something that I'm okaying. So uh, so check that out, and um, there's plenty of ways to get with us. Hmm. And that's going to conclude another installment of Locked On Texans. As always, please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Follow my co-host, John, some sports guy Hickman at some sports guy. And ladies and gentlemen, our Twitter page for Locked On Texans is back. So please be sure to check out the Twitter page and hit that follow button at Locked On Texans. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.